Hey, this is Pastor Chris Sarno from Relevant Church, and you're listening to ELC Radio. Propel is the passion, purpose, and potential of every woman. And I think it's going to blow your mind as we together get ready to checkmate the devil because you and I are personally responsible for the evangelization of planet Earth. Propel is every woman who desires to make an impact in her world for God's kingdom. And she is untamable as she goes to plunder the kingdom of darkness with the light and the life and the mercy and the justice and the truth and the grace and the salvation of our almighty God, the Propel Woman is every woman. Join us the last Friday of every month at 7 p.m., 2830 G Street in the heart of Midtown Sacramento as we continue Christine Kane's empowering and uplifting Propel series led by Elevate Life's very own Pastor Tina Lamone. Love God, lift others. Welcome to Elevate Life Church. Elevate Life Church. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy another elevated message. Here's Senior Pastor Sergio Lamone. is always telling you and I to do believe what does he say if you just believe uh, the uh, the if you have faith the size of a mustard seed you can move a mountain kids do that next week we're going to have the Easter bunny out here (laughs) delivering eggs kids are like oh cool You know, I'll never forget. Just, it's, that was another story about Serge. He figured that out one out quick. Yeah, first grade, he's like, Dad, I don't get this bunny thing. Doesn't make any sense. He hops around. He brings eggs. You know, I mean, he figured it out right away. But, but for kids, most kids, they believe that for a while. Jesus is saying that's the kind of faith we need to have as it pertains to our promises. But what's the number one thing that talks us out of that faith? Bad experiences. Bad experiences. You know, I remember when my wife and I got married and, you know, we were having some talks and stuff and 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 she shared with me something I didn't you know, I didn't have experience some of the trauma that she had. So I had a level of faith that she didn't have yet, but it was because God had met my needs and he'd been there for some things. But what do you do when you did pray and bad things still happened? You prayed and you still got abused again and again. You prayed and the check didn't come in the mail. 
You lost your house. And now you hear a preacher come up here and say, believe. And what's the first thing we refer to? Yeah, I tried that. And it didn't work. And then we revert back to not being like a child, living off of our experiences. How many know what I'm talking about? As I hold this mic, I've had to challenge myself to not live by my past experiences. And that's hard sometimes because some of those past experiences hurt, put me in a situation where I did not want to be. But the Bible is clear. Jesus is clear. You don't live based on your experiences. Choose to live by my word. And you say, well, yeah, but if I do that and I get hurt, remember, God the Father is covering you. When I step out in faith, I release the ability to protect myself and I give it to him. He's a better protector of my life than I am. Way better. Yeah, I could protect myself to a degree, but two or three dudes, you're probably going to take me out. Okay, one guy, really strong dude, might take me out. One really big dude will take me out. Okay. But seriously, but with God protecting me, with God protecting me, there's nothing anybody can do to mess up my life. I'm always going to rise out on top. That's why the Bible tells us uh, that, you know, all things work out for good to those that love God because he protects us. But I got to choose to give him that protection by approaching him and approaching his scriptures with childlike faith. And can I just tell you something? It's hard. The harder your life was, the harder it many times is to believe. That is why you got to come and you got to hear the word. You know, Hebrews says faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing. It doesn't say faith comes having heard. See, people want faith based on what they heard one time. No, you got to keep hearing stuff. You got to say it to yourself. You got to hear it on a podcast. You got to hear it over and over and over and over again to combat some of the bad experiences you had. Are you guys tracking with me? That's why, parents, we've got to do all we can to protect our children from those bad experiences. We can't, we can't protect them from all of them. We're always going to have things that happen in life. But we have to understand bad experiences affect more than just the moment. They get into our psyche, and as, I, as psychologists have said, it can cause damage to the mind. But that is why Philippians chapter 4 says this. Here's the answer, 6 through 8. It says this, be anxious for nothing. Tell your neighbor, be anxious for nothing. Tell your other neighbor. Prophesy over them, be anxious for nothing. You know why I say that? Because anxiety is one of the things that is crippling America. People are struggling with anxiety, okay? Can I just tell you, when the Prince of Peace comes into your life, peace trumps anxiety. And you might say, well, Pastor, I deal with a lot with anxiety. That's okay, but understand this. Go after Jesus, anxiety has to leave. That might be where you're at now. But if you will target that weakness, if you'll target that area, if you'll target whatever you want to view it as, as a condition or whatever, I believe that the Prince of Peace has authority over those mental, uh, um, uh, you know, things that ail us many times. And please, please hear my heart. That's not a, I'm not throwing rocks at anybody that might deal with that. But I'm saying again, pointing you to Jesus. 
If anxiety is a big part of your life, look what it says here. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God and let the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds through Jesus Christ. Finally, my brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, uh, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Think on these things. See, this is this is where the battle, if you want to win this battle, this is where you've got to look at and go, Okay, that's the goal. The goal is to have a thought life that thinks on these things. Amen. That was a weak clap, but I'm gonna keep going. So so understand this, because your thought life is many times meditating on what was done to you, on the past, on the pain, on the fear of it happening again, on why did it happen, how come, all these things. Jesus says, no, 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 no. Meditate on these things. Whatever things are true, what are true? His word is true. You should have scriptures that you can, you memorize and know. You know, the old school church, man, we had to memorize things. Now we got phones. We ain't got to do that, right? It's right there, you know, fingertips, whatever. But you got to get that word in your heart so that it comes up automatically, okay? Uh, we've got we've to have this, you know, working through us, thinking on things that are true, whatever's noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report. Every situation you walk into, you should be positive about. Start seeing the good in people. My God. Quit seeing the dirt. When you see dirt in people, it just means your eyes are dirty. Get the lagañas out of there, man. Get clean those things out. Because all you see is dirt. You judge folk when you meet them. The minute you meet somebody, five minutes later, oh, they're all right. She's kind of weird, though, right? Isn't they kind of weird? No, you're kind of weird. Come on. Start seeing the good in people. Start seeing the good in life. Are you guys tracking what I'm saying? It starts, it starts with the mind. Okay, because your experiences are going to try to keep you from being in in that childlike faith. Our experiences are going to be like, no, you can't believe God because this happened five years ago. You can't believe God because he didn't come through for you then. We're not called to live on those experiences. When things don't work out the way we want, we have to trust God and go back to his word. And his word will never let you down. Can I get an amen? Amen. His word will make what happened that you're all worried about. He'll turn what happened into a good situation. For some of you, the best thing that you're going to get in a couple years, you're going to see the best thing that ever happened to me was that divorce. Some of y'all saying that now, but, you know, God will turn it around for you. God could turn anything you've been through around for you. You know how many people have gotten out of jail and said jail was the best thing for me? Yeah, people go to a, a, a rehab clinic and say, man, that was the best thing for me. Why? Because they've learned to, get, to take a negative and let God turn it into a positive. But the only way he could do that, guys, is when we change what's going on up here. Let's finish up. Number two, the second thing that steals away your wide eye wonder, it is self-sufficiency. Self-sufficiency. Now, this is something that we got to be real careful about because it's something we all want, 
right? We don't want to be beggars. We want our needs met. We want things to be taken care of. You know, we want, we want to make sure that we're good, we're solid, we're whole. But there's a danger in that even. Revelations 3, verse 15 and 17 in the New King James. I want to read this to you real quick. It says this, I know your works, that you are neither hot or you're neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I'm going to vomit you out my mouth. There's that gangsta Jesus showing up again. You make me sick. That's what he's saying, right? Y'all make me sick. I just want to puke right now. Today's translation is what he's saying. And he's saying that because people are on the fence, call themselves Christians, but they live like the world. He says, stop that. Then he says this right here. You're neither cold nor hot. I will vomit you out of my mouth because you say I'm rich. I have become wealthy. I have need of nothing and do not know that you are wretched. You're miserable. You're poor. You're blind and you're naked. What is he saying there? He's saying there's a danger. There's a danger in getting everything you need and everything you want. We got to be careful of that. We got to be careful of being self-sufficient. We've got to be like children where we need people. How many know children need adults? They don't think they do. Some of them don't. But how many know they need adults? They've been putting stuff into light sockets and everything like that. Listen, for some of us, the trauma came when we were kids because there wasn't adult supervision. How many know I'm talking about? We need adults. So as a child in the kingdom, we've got to understand we need others. We need others. Nobody's self-made. Stay away from folks that think they're self-made. I'm a self-made man. Get away from me. Because the Bible says you're really wretched. You're really poor. You're really miserable. Regardless of what your Facebook says. Regardless of the pictures on your Instagram. It ain't going to happen. So we've got to come to the place, y'all. Check this out. I'm talking to somebody today. We've got to come to the place where we understand I need others. I need a church. These people that I'm a Christian, I just don't go to church. What? That's that's you right there. That's you because you got it all. You don't need nobody. No, we need people. We need each other. You need somebody. You need a friend. You'd be nicer if you just had a friend. And you'd have friends if you was just nicer. But see, you don't think you need anybody. You know, and then that, that's the mentality of a lot of American church where people come in, they sit in a chair and they go right back out Man, talk to somebody, make a friend, come to a group, get around some dudes. You just see what's happening in these propel and, and these Kingsman groups, man. God is forming strong friendships, strong bonds with other women and other men. And these things are happening and it happens because people come in and they say, I need this. But you just keep coming in, not talking to nobody and leaving, sneaking in, sneaking out. That's a wretched person right there. Never allow yourself to think you got it all. Man, you need people and you need the right people. Can I get an amen? So there's a warning there. Look what else it says here in verse 18 and 19. It says, I counseled you to go buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich and white garments that you may be clothed. But the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed and anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and I chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. So what is he telling them? Jesus is not condemning them. Hey, you guys are you guys think you got it all made. No, no, no. He comes and says, this is what you do. You buy the refined gold. You know what that is? That is buying the truth and selling it not. That means pay a price for the gold. 
pay a price for this life. You are going to be the only one at Christmas not holding a beer in your hand. That's okay. Pay the price. They aren't going to invite you to go get drunk after work because you're a Christian. That's okay. Pay that price. You may be the only one in your little high school or your little college that don't get invited to the parties. Hey, if you're down with Christ, pay the price. Pay the price. Tired of hearing single people whine. Well, I'm just so lonely, so I went out. Man, come on. Pay the price. Pay the price. Pay the price. Being a Christian ain't for, it's not for, it's not for weak folks. It's going to cost you some stuff. It's going to cost you some things. Jesus is saying this, pay the price. It's worth it. Tell your neighbor it's worth it. It's not going to be easy, but it's worth it. I'll tell you that right now. It's better than just living that wretched life that, that people are living today. You know, posting things about their life that ain't even true. Man, it's so sad to me. People have a better social media life than their real life. I'd rather have a better real life. My social media life ain't bad, though. It ain't bad. It ain't bad. Um, The last thing, number three. What else moves you away from that wide-eyed wonder? Knowledge without service. Knowledge without service. First Corinthians 8.1 says this. Pride puffs up. It says this. Now concerning things offered to idols, we know that we all have knowledge, but knowledge puffs up and love edifies. Knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. For some people that go to church, church doesn't do them good. It doesn't. I know that's weird for a pastor to say, but there are people that go to church every Sunday and do nothing with it. There are people that have been a part of a church and never serve in any department. And so what's what's happening? Every week you're getting knowledge that you don't use. Every week you're getting more word. You're getting smarter in the word. You're getting more understanding. But the Bible says that is only going to make you proud. That's what happened to the Pharisees. The Pharisees knew the scriptures. They knew the Old Testament. They knew the law. They could recite whole chapters of the law. But that knowledge did nothing for them because they did not know how to implement it through through kingdom ways, which is serving. When you serve people, what you're doing is you're putting what you learn into practice. Now, I'm preaching to the choir. We have a great church here of of people that serve. Listen, if if you were to go by national statistics, usually only 10 percent of a church serves and the rest of the 90 percent or it might might be a little bit more now, maybe my 15 percent or even 20. But even that. Say, let's say 20. Let's be gracious. If 20% of the church serves, 80% of the church does nothing. That's a problem because knowledge without service produces pride. So could we say that a lot of churches struggle in this area? Absolutely. Isn't that the complaint the world has of us? We look down our noses at them. We judge them. They consider us hypocrites because we know things, but we have no love, Right. So the answer to that, and this is for somebody here, I'm not trying to make you feel bad, but I'm trying to make you feel bad, is that you need, you need to learn how to put to practice what you're hearing through serving. And we have a great church here of like, you know, uh, our our Easter outreach every year, we, we have over half the church out there serving. That's unheard of. I don't know what the statistics are yet, but we have a large percentage of people that say their members here are serving in one capacity or another. And for that, we applaud you. But the reason you need that for your growth is because it keeps us in that wide-eyed wonder. Because here's the thing that kids do not struggle with, pride. 
Kids don't struggle with that. That's introduced to them. Uh, Pride doesn't come until a child realizes he's deficient in an area. And then what begins to happen? He begins to have to fill that void with pride. And this is why I say you think rich people are proud. Many times rich people don't have to be proud. You know who's proud? The people that grew up with nothing. The people in the hood. See, we have a wrong skewed up definition. People with money, they ain't got to be proud. They got money. People that didn't have a dad, people that grew up in a house where the lights went out, the only way we, some of us made it through that is because we got some self-pride and we've got something to us. And, you know, I'm not going to let you put me down because I didn't have a dad. And pride comes in and we start creating our own image of ourselves with pride. And that, like I said, that may work to get you to a certain level. But when you find Jesus, we got to deconstruct that because now he says, I'm here. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to give you your identity. It ain't where you were raised, where you come from. It ain't your race. So we got to give him all those hard things that we learned. And we've got to come into a place of allowing him to give us the identity. Are you guys tracking with me? So so pride has to be deconstructed. And one of the things that keeps us in pride is knowledge without service. Look what it says in Matthew 19. It says this, Then little children were brought to him that he might put his hands on them and pray. But the disciples rebuked him, rebuked them. But Jesus said, Let the little children come to me and do not forbid them, for such is the kingdom of heaven. See, what is he again re-implementing? That this is how God works. Children come to me and he takes care of them. This is how God works. This is how heaven works. We come to the Lord as a child, and he takes care of us. You cannot come to him full of pride. I mean, you can, but you're not going to see the same results. You, you, you know, you, we've got to learn to deconstruct what it is that was made us successful or got us through life. Now we have Jesus. You don't need to be so hard. You don't need to be so mean. You don't need to be so angry. Yeah, but that's how I got through. No, but now come to the Lord as a child and he will lay his hand on you. He will deconstruct you. He will will get you back to the place of receiving and believing again. Because some of us, our experiences speak so loud. The things that God wants to give you, you can't believe for. Because you keep going, well, where was he then? Well, why didn't this happen then? Listen, I don't have all the answers. I don't have all the answers. I've sat across from people in counseling meetings and they say, I know you say to trust God, but when I was five years old and my daddy was sneaking into the room and molesting me, I would pray and nothing would happen. How can I believe God now when I didn't see nothing then? Man, what do you say to somebody? You know what you say to somebody? You be honest. You say, I don't have all the answers for why that took place, but I do know this. God's a good God. And if you'll believe him now, he will help you now. We can't go back and answer those questions. I, I can't. One day in heaven, one day in heaven, we're going to get the answers we need. That's why you better get there. So you can get to pull out the DVD collection. Come on. And go, God, why did this happen right here? Where were you right here? And we might be surprised at some of the answers. I can't wait to that day. I hope you get there with me. But listen, we can't be held captive to those past experiences anymore. 
There's so many reasons you can get stuck in a place. And many people are stuck in asking questions from things that happened years ago. Listen, God has a way of bringing you into understanding. But I do know this. He tells me over and over in his word, believe, believe. Listen, I've prayed for things and nothing happened before. I still keep praying. I've laid hands on sick people and they died. And they died. So, you know, do I not pray for sick people anymore? No, we still do. Listen, when we were youth pastors, we had these kids we were, we were reaching out to and their mom was coming to all the games at the championship game up in the stands. She, she, she passed away. She had a heart attack or a brain aneurysm or something and she passed away in the stands during the game. We stopped everything. We went over to her. My wife went off with her in the ambulance. And you know what my prayer is? God, raise this woman up. She's leaving two children behind that were in our basketball league. These kids were just getting to know the things of God. We prayed. She didn't, she didn't raise. I don't know why. I still don't know why. But do I still pray for sick people? You better believe it. Has God healed people since that time? You better believe it. But if I get stuck in the past, he didn't say, you know, walk by the past. No, he said walk by faith. Faith in what? My word. Somebody broke your last relationship. They broke your heart. You going to get chained to that? No. Put that away. Start again. The last marriage didn't work out. Work on some things. Fix things and have faith for the next thing, we've got to let go of things. Now, listen, I understand this. Some of the trauma we've been through is a little harder to let go of. If you've been abused, if you've been raped, if you've been hurt, those things are harder. But there's help you can get. You need to make it your personal mission to go after getting help. Go to a counselor. Talk to somebody. Let somebody in so that that experience doesn't hold you in bondage and keep you from receiving the kingdom. Amen? What is the kingdom? God's way of doing things. Well, I hope you've been encouraged by the word of God. And if you have, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast or download our free app at the App Store and you can continue to get word every week from Elevate Life Church.